Hi everyone and welcome to Intent, a podcast of conversations between myself, Jim Sutton and a good friend Steve Rouse. In these chats we try to reflect on our everyday lived experience of life and the imperfect ways we live it. Does God have any relevance within it all? As ever, we'd love to hear from you, so if you've got any tips for coping with life, questions about potentially heretical things we've said previously, or stories to reflect on, do get in touch by email to jim at ballonbaptist.co.uk. This week, we're confronted with our place in the universe, how we're shaped by life, and Steve goes a bit Anglican. Load a bit of a bit of sharp day to it. The thing is, you know, you'll know when you bring out wider families together, there'll be it's that always that kind of oh, I don't like fruit cake and I don't oh. like <laughs> like it was all the different yeah. But um yeah. yeah, it was it was very special. Oh. Very special. Yeah, so so your dad had lots of candles and lots of um blow blowings out and burnings and that kind of thing. Jackson's got his birthday. Um it's my birthday on Sunday. I'm gonna be yes, blimey. I'm gonna be so young. I think I'm getting younger. Um, but like, it's it's a week. What is it for you? You're gonna be. Oh, go on, take a guess. Oh, I'm dying. I'm rubbish. <laughs> I'm rubbish. I'm trying to think. So, what? Are you gonna be 37? Oh, I'll take that. No, 39, mate. 39. I know. I know. It's one before the one before the, one. the start of one life. Of the big one. Like every everyone who's old say life starts at 40. Um, no, no one who's young says life starts at forty. They will say, "What? We're talking about your man." <laughs> oh, it's def- I think Lisa and I would say it's one of the best decades. I think forty to fifty. Okay, okay. I'll look forward to it. I'll look forward Good to period. it. I'll enjoy the next. You'll enjoy I'll it. enjoy the next year though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, lots of maybe lots of candles this week. But you've been you've been burning stuff this morning um, and daubing yourself with with the ashes. In the, it's, it's Ash Wednesday today. Um, what 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 i mean like we don't often like just start our chats by like just delving into like church life and religious speak and whatever but like to, what what is ash wednesday um oh, i i don't know <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I, 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 but like i suppose like di- different traditions have different ways of like leading into like lent which is like what 40 days leading up to easter and this kind of shrove tuesday of clearing out the last odds and bits and bobs um of whatever you have left in, or I don't know, the way I understand it, it's the stuff that's left in your cupboards or whatever. I don't know, I'm out of my depth already. But like Ash Wednesday kind of starts that Lent period kind of thing. It's people often give up chocolate or whatever, um, try and do something for that period of time leading into Easter. But like one of those practices to like you feel, what a bit is the burning of the palm crosses from the previous year? And then what happens? Yeah, so they, I mean, yeah, and I think it's it's funny, isn't it? Because like you say, <laughs> I think the idea of the night before of of um, of the tu- of Shrove Tuesday is clearing out all the kind of it's the fat and stuff, isn't it? All oh. the fl- whatever. It's 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 getting rid of all that stuff. I suppose I suppose somewhere in that is some kind of reference to its association with I don't know, not not that it's sinful, but that just like whatever that symbolizes the, re- the reality is that rather than clearing it out we go to the shops and have to buy it and bring it in in order to make the jolly <laughs> <laughs> which we did last night and they were very nice oh, well but yeah i think i think ash wednesday is that like you say you describe it right well with the kind of ashes of the previous year's palm crosses or whatever and certainly in our i mean you know we're part of the baptist tradition 
even Lent itself is not something that was, when I was growing up, was not at all marked, mm. really. Mm. Um, but but the ash thing, I suppose, is, is it's, it's trying to remind you at the beginning of Lent, there's a verse that often gets repeated in particularly, I, I suppose, I think of the Anglican tradition. They talk about how remembering that you are dust and to, du- to dust you shall return. And that gets repeated a lot in a in a kind of a what they call like a liturgy, like a set a set sort of worship pattern that helps you think it through. And I found I took part in it today because the organisation I work for it's got all sorts of different church traditions within it. But the guy who was leading our prayers this morning is from the Anglican tradition, and so he led us in a a kind of act of prayer and worship around using those ashes and i found i don't know i just found today i think in the light of all that's going on at the moment in ukraine it's it it brings into sharp focus for me i don't know for others it brings into sharp focus life and how much you appreciate or how both how much you appreciate it suddenly in terms of your freedom but also or at the moment but also it brings into focus how fragile um, an uncertain life is. And I think remembering, we don't often do that as humans, I think to remember um, to remember that, you know, your mortality, as it were, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think it's about, it's not to be morbid, but it's to be, to be real. I think sometimes the way in which, I don't know if you think, that, but like the way in which our culture can lead us to believe that we're, we're going to last for and live forever you know we talked about celebrating birthdays and you can you know our life expectancy perhaps is longer today but the way in which our culture is it's almost like i don't know something's going on within it where almost like we can literally put stuff in us whether it's what we eat or what we inject into ourselves or whatever it might be and think think somehow we're going to last forever or we're meant to have this certain kind of life Mm -hmm. forever and and yeah, I think Ash Wednesday is partly about just remembering. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying it very well, but to me, just remembering today that we are we are mortal. That life on this earth is not going to go on forever. But the great hope we have, I think, is also during Lent you focus in on what's really important. But the great hope we have, and where Lent ends, as it were, is that resurrection hope that there is you know that there's there's life way beyond the life we experience here on earth Mm, mm. because i think like you're right i think quite often in the world it's about like getting these moments of utopia in your life getting these like perfect little instagrammable moments or events or feelings or whatever and then you just try and try and make a life that's full of them like you know that it's just like it's, it's one unending stream of instagram stories where everything is everything is brilliant and there's just endless brilliant things happening um and there's there's an absolute maybe not even not deliberate but there is no recognition of oh this might end one day or anything like that and not that you want to be like morbid or whatever but it's kind of like well yeah and it's like this and it's brilliant and there we go and and it's almost like this this is the way things will continue forever and ever and ever it will just be one long brilliant moment and that ain't the way life works like just the way that we exist um day to day let alone it's certainly not the way a lifetime works in terms of um yeah in terms of death at its ultimate kind of um end you know and and it's kind of like well 
what what are we what are we saying to each other i mean like we we made we made death so taboo we don't talk about it in um oh it's certainly growing up in in my whatever culture and background like that 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 death is not not kind of t- spoken about and that kind of thing um but i think i think it's just in in life like it's it's just going to be shunned and like you said what was that phrase from the liturgy like from dust we come and to dust we'll return or whatever it is it's just they just says sort of re- remember you are dust and to dust you shall return yeah i mean like no one's going to be going to that like motivational talk are they like no if you put like a little <laughs> no, sign up exactly. like i mean who's interested in that like who who that that just doesn't resonate within I don't know, the the culture that I'm swimming in at the moment. You know, like nobody is interested in in that kind of thing, and yet that kind of death to self is could be, could be a very thing that's that's empowering and and liberating and healing and and that kind of thing. And yet, so much of what what the world around us would tell us is that it's about us being the master of our own des- destinies. It's about us kind of living these brilliant kind of firework moments and they just kind of line up one after the other in life and that's just that's just how we roll kind of thing um and you try and make that happen whereas i think i think it's altogether healthy to have a view of your place in eternity i suppose like i don't know a couple of weeks ago we we had dane dedicated um within our church community like like you say about different like traditions and church denominations we don't we don't christen within our our context in in our church community we we dedicate basically kind of saying that this is parents we dedicate this this child to god we dedicate ourselves to the love of this child and as a church kind of dedicate ourselves to supporting this family yeah it's not to say oh this this child is now a i don't know however you want to phrase it this child is now a christian and everything else it's it's that at some point later in life, they might be able to make his own choices about what pathway he wants to follow. But I say all that, that part of it for, for me this time round was just about Dane knowing knowing his people and knowing kind of what story he's a part of, you know, like he's part of this bigger thing. And I think it's so helpful to kind of know where you come from. I mean, like, I don't know if you ever watched that show, um, was it Who Do You Think You Are? That kind of looking back on family trees and this, that and the other. And I, I watched one the other day with Paul... Paul Merton, um, yeah, Paul, Paul Merton, not Paul Merson. It's it's the comic, not the footballer. Um, <laughs> that's right, right, Paul Merton. I'm I'm second guessing yeah. myself. Um, and just about his discovery about kind of what what his family background was, and kind of particularly what happened to one family member and that kind of thing. And it's almost like it was it wasn't it wasn't yeah it was it was a it was a difficult story filled with like lots of unknowns and lack of uh information throughout the family let alone what he was able to find but every little piece that gave him even if it wasn't quite a piece that he would have wanted or hoped for that it it almost you could you could see him like getting like coming to terms with it a little bit more getting maybe a little bit more peace it's kind of like well actually this is how i fit in the world and i think probably a, a really grand scale or even just a wide horizon is that we fit in this world between being dust and going back to being dust again you know and and maybe that rather than being something to be scared of or afraid of but just to know that's your place in the universe can be a really grounding thing um maybe i love that that's really help i, I just think i love the way you've expressed it because i think it grounds something because it immediately reminded me of something that jesus says but it, i think you're absolutely right that as humans and that, and that program does it and, and programs like it where it's incredible how important it is to a human being to have that sense of knowing where they fit in the story. 
and how even even if they're the family they you know if it's if it's one of those programs where they're searching for family even if the family's slightly removed from being immediate kind of um blood relative or whatever just it seems to be so important that somebody knows that and i was thinking of that you reminded me of when this i think it's i think the context of when jesus says it is when he's about to wash there's a moment where he takes on the job of a of a servant where he washes his disciples feet and it it says something like um because he knew where he had come from and where he was going he got up wrapped a towel around his waist and 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 washed their feet i think that's the context Mm. and it just strikes me i thought wow that that's kind of what he would be because he knew and so i suppose in terms of our our identity as Christians is understanding that, well, because we know where we came from, as it were, because we have a, an understanding that there's that God, in a sense, God plays his part in bringing us into the world. And because we know and have a hope in, a, in eternity, because we know where we're going, it means, in other words, that f- that frees us up in some way mm-hmm. to, well, for Jesus in that moment, it freed him up to not, not have to, um, how do you say it? Not have to, um, I was going to say, sort of bow to custom or culture, but to live free of that in a sense. Say, well, you know, I'm. This is who I am. I'm going to, mm. I'm going to wash your feet. And so, there's a sense in which, if you know, if you know where you fit in the story, I suppose, yeah, if you know where you fit in the story, you. You, it frees you to live not how the culture tells you to live. And I, I think, I'd point to myself, I think so much of the time we're anchoring ourselves according to the culture story. Mm. Where if the culture story is about, like you say, almost like, um, I was thinking of a way a different person expressed it, I heard it the other day, like almost we go for dopamine hit after dopamine hit, you know, just we want that constant sort of, pleasure hit whatever that is and i think a lot of people will even carry that into their faith that certainly within christianity they want you know a service on a sunday to be a dopamine hit you want to you know we want to have a buzz from it and mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. I, I i i'm not sure that well i'm not sure i, I don't think that's what was meant to happen <laughs> you know i don't think that we were meant to kind of get a simply get a buzz from singing a song on a sunday or you know or, oh, I got something from the message with it. I don't know. There's some way in which we're meant to approach it differently to that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I think. No, I think, I think yeah, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot in that, you know, like, I mean, even just reflecting on kind of like a practice around Ash Wednesday of kind of just drawing a little cross on, on someone's forehead with, with, with the ashes of a, a palm cross kind of thing. It's like, well, what, what, what is, what is that? It's not a, I don't know. It's not an adrenaline high kind of thing of kind of worshipful experience kind of thing, but yeah, that kind of grounding moment in what's going on. It's interesting what you say, like because last night um, Sarah went to a little session that was put on by the the nursery school that operates out of our uh, within the, the the buildings they share with the church, and uh, it's three four five nursery Ballum, and um, they they had one of their little talks was um, by a guy kind of talking about kind of emotional. Yeah, I mean, it was about a lot, but kind of touching on emotional intelligence um, and then and how to kind of cultivate that in children, how to help them have a safe space to express themselves, to have a safe space to um, kind of understand who they are and kind of saying that in the first 
two years of a child's life is just incredibly important for their development. Um, and if a child feels like there is a safe space for them, that there is a place where they can, I don't know, a safe where they are, where they are held, like in connection with a parent um, or a home life or whatever, then that will mean that f throughout the rest of their life, they will be, find it much not necessarily easier, but like they, they will be able to take more risks, you know, that they will be happier kind of putting themselves out there, being curious, exploring different avenues, being less anxious, being less worried, because at some like deep, deep level, they know that in the in the very shaping of life, there was a place where they were loved and they were held and they were grounded and they had stability. Um and then it's kind of like all of the rest of life comes out of those first two years, which I mean I don't necessarily want to over egg the pudding. Some, some, I don't know, some psychologists might say, yes, absolutely. Um, and I don't know, there's whole questions about nature and nurture and whatever. But, you know, you know, it's kind of like those, if you know where your grounding point is in life, then you can step out into the unknown. If you know your grounding point, um, makes me think of, I don't know, P Peter in the, in the boat, you know, when... Um, disciples are going across the lake and the, the kind of wind and waves are up. I mean, not this. This always seem to be storms when the disciples go in a boat, but um, <laughs> they, they toddle off, toddle off back across the lake without Jesus. And Jesus comes to them walking on the water, and Jesus calls to to Peter to to come out, to come to get out of the boat, to to come come and walk to him. And it's kind of like when when Peter like finds his grounding point in Jesus as he looks to him. He he himself begins to walk across walk across the water to Jesus, but when he sees the wind and the waves and everything else going up and down, that's when he kind of sinks. And I don't know, maybe there's tenuously even something in that that kind of if if you find that deep grounding point, whether it's in a connection with a parent in very young age, whether it's in uh, a a connection of knowing kind of where you sit in the breadth of time and eternity. Or whether it's knowing that that you're loved and helped by this this God who who draws near to us every single day, that out of that place there is a stability that allows you to to explore the world, to find I don't know, to find that that strength, that kind of shalom peace, that deep peace that then allows you to to interact with the world in a way that you're you you don't have to be afraid. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, love it. Love. I just think. Because if you imagine like what we're talking, if you if you think like, like I was just thinking, if you take what we're talking about, it just in, like you've just done in, into your own home, if you if you replicated almost what the culture says for your for Ada, for example, in your home, and you said, you know, you the confines oh, of the I'm, home. I'm, were... I'm, I'm afraid so. Ada's a lost cause. I mean, she's two and a half. Now, <laughs> so all our eggs are in Tane's basket now. I mean, Ada's just marching around shouting no to everything we ask her. So. It's... <laughs> I was thinking if if the confines in home were I'm thinking what I'm trying to think about is you you, you make me think about something that I, I think he's I think he's that how you pronounce his name Jean Vanier the guy who started the last community I think we've mentioned mm -hmm. him before mm -hmm. on the podcast but he says this thing about how for a human being they need enough a human being in order to be healthy and function well they need enough boundary in their life that they know they're secure but enough freedom to be, to be able to explore and express themselves. And he's, and I think, and so for me within, within, if we're thinking of it in terms of the environments we grew up in, if whoever was responsible for looking after us, 
if they if that boundary represents the love that we're shown the love that makes that place a safe place as you said that makes it a safe place to be because you'll find with your kids like we found with ours you know when they come home from school where they've been trying to survive all day long and protect and all the rest of it they get in the door at home and they kind of let loose a little bit and it's quite a natural it's like this is the place where i can just let off steam be myself or whatever but they need to know that they've they're they're loved within that environment that love is not just letting them do anything that love is just giving them that that boundary mm. but also within that environment the, the other part of the safety is that it needs to be a place where they can doubt they can explore they can experiment they can make mistakes you know all of that sort of thing and yet still within it know that it's okay to make mistakes and i'd not seen that like you mentioned the story of peter i've not seen it in that way where i think in not that peter failed in that moment but but maybe in the environment that jesus had created in that relationship he both let peter attempt to to walk with him in that moment on the water but at the same time, even when he failed, it was like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, you, you'll learn from that kind of thing. And there's something about that, isn't it? That knowing, yeah, just, I don't know, create. And that's true. Creating that environment, it would be true in any, whether it's in a work context or whether it's in a church community context, trying to create that environment where we we help people to kind of be able to operate in that way perhaps might help them flourish if that as it were mm -hmm. that makes any sense like yeah definitely definitely that if there is a a safe community that that holds you and that you have a relationship with a god who is is eternally alongside you and for you then that is always a safe space to kind of w not withdraw into but it's a safe space to be to be yeah to ground yourself in so that you can almost i don't know i'd hope that you could face anything you know that and it, it's it's challenging you know because i mean i've got i'm i'm very in terms of like those that early part of life like i'm very fortunate that i i had a, a stable a stable home life for those for my first couple of years at life at least but i've got a great number of friends and people i've met over the years who who don't and it's kind of like well can't just say well well unlucky mate whatever um but i you see time and time again that their meeting with god their 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 connection with this jesus who who welcomes them and holds them and accepts them that that's that's transformative for them that those who have been incredibly rocked by the winds and waves of life that that suddenly they start to find some sort of grounding point in in life and i don't want to make it sound all easy and brilliant and everything else because life really isn't like that and um it's always kind of i don't know two steps forward one step back or even one step forward two steps back um and like yeah it's it's not as easy as kind of clicking your fingers get to know jesus and everything's absolutely perfect like i, I don't kind of prescribe that kind of um prosperity gospel or whatever but I believe it does. It does give you a deep grounding place, um, and that, and like you say, that relational element of things. I mean, it's it's, it's part of like what underpins maybe this this podcast and kind of the the conversations that we have. The intent to actually be in relationship with other people, to find safe spaces with with others who are trying to live the same way that you are, to remind yourself of that safe um position you have in that relationship and with God. And so, and sometimes these relationships are. They're, they're places to be when you you don't feel that connection with God. You know, I'm chatting to people this week who are saying that I don't I don't in any way feel connected to God. I feel like I'm I'm trying to pray, but they're just 
my prayers are just hitting the ceiling or bouncing around the room that I'm in. Um, I'm not even sure that I, I want to be talking to God at the moment. And yet they continue to be in relationship with others who who are kind of uh, are the body of Christ to them that that continue to to be there and represent this this God even when it feels like he he is not there you know and that kind of communal element I think is the such an important important part of church life is is us being Christ to one another um, in in the midst of everything a, a a physical and material reminder that God is with us all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think like you say to be. I think again, in no matter where where it's happening, to be to be held when you're when you're feeling like you know life all makes sense, but when to be held by that community, to be included and and loved when you feel broken or when you feel doubtful or when you you know um, or when you've failed in some way, you know we, we, we're we're not always great at that with each other um we see it probably better in in friendships often or in family mm. not always at all but no matter what the unit is whether it's a friendship group whether it's a family group whether it's a church community group it's trying to model yourself after you know a, a god that who seems to hold us and loves us not because of anything we've achieved not because we've because we don't doubt or because we don't fail or because we don't, you know, feel broken or whatever, but, but actually because we, we are, we do in all of those areas, we, mm. you know, that he, he holds us and, um, yeah, work works with us as it were with all of that going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe like today in your experience with like Ash Wednesday, the start of Lent, that Lent is almost, well, I don't know. I mean, in some ways it can be frivolous things like I'm giving up chocolate or I'm not going to buy any clothes during Lent or, or whatever. They're kind of, of, yeah, quite common things to, to do for this period. But in some ways it's a period to be confronted or even just to hold deliberately that kind of lack, to to hold that kind of space, to, to reflect upon all the... Um, I don't know, for want of a better word, like deficiencies in life, to just be like, no, there are these there are these points where things haven't quite met the my hopes or my expectations or what I what I might help hope for in life that kind of the uh, the 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 things that we don't have almost maybe a lent is a time to um spend time reflecting on that you know i think over the last 2 years i mean like us as a to speak kind of purely as a local church like we've yeah we've lost nine, nine or 10 folk from our community have, have passed away um, another around 25 people have lost a loved one who is really, really close to them. And maybe there is something in Lent that that is can be a helpful space, like you say, like a safe space to process some of that, or at least to recognise that 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 there is a there is a lack, there is something there that is missing that that continues to be felt, even though it's not there, you know. And maybe that kind of yeah, from I've, I've forgotten it already from from dust. What is it? Dust and dust and dust. Remember, to... you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Yeah, yeah. and actually, like I, sometimes it's not a help, an unhelpful thing to reflect on that mortality. Like not not to be confronted with the the pain and the loss of somebody dear to us or whatever, but that we are all in this broader picture. We're all, all of us kind of together in it. I I I I don't know if you ever watch any of the stuff. Um, Chris Packham 
does. You know, Chris Packham, the kind of wildlife um, presenter yeah, on yeah. TV. A fascinating guy and a brilliant, brilliant presenter, brilliant kind of um, impassioned person, um, advocate for wildlife and uh, the world around us. And he was just talking about he, he's had some significant and deep relationships with animals over the years. Like he, um, yeah, he would. I don't know if he describe. I can't remember how he describes himself. Um, apologies to to, to Chris. Um, whether it's neurodivergent, autistic, or, or otherwise, um, but but and this is yeah, that's just a part of, of of who he is. But he's had some very deep relationships with his animals, and particularly two dogs. Um, he called Itchy and Itchy and Scratchy, and they they were his dogs for for many years. And he, he his love for them is. It's, it's something else, you know, to hear him talk about his dogs, even though they they passed away a few years ago, you know, that his his hope in life is that um, he has the ashes of his dogs. Uh, even I mean, he, he has I think he's, he's got other he's got other dogs kind of since. But like they, they were the ones who were his kind of real deep and meaningful ones. So his hope is that when he dies, he'll be cremated and his ashes will be mixed with theirs. And they're going to be um, poured out on a um, on a tree somewhere that will create kind of create habitat or create um, it will create life. Like and hear him chat on telly the other day, like he just kind of went through the food chain of kind of how what he what he would give in death, allowing this kind of tree to flourish and the animals that would kind of eat of it and the animals that would be fed by them and fed by them and whatever to the to the point where he was um, talking about the the kind of the, the sparrowhawks and the birds of prey that would be the kind of apex predators and the kind of like there was that kind of like and or I, I don't think he quite said this but kind of like I I will be in all of that 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 I will kind of I will be able to fly you know that not not that he's kind of saying oh I'm gonna I'm gonna fly and whatever in death but there's a real deep connection to the broader the broader story the bigger picture the the fact that um that that he will return to dust. But even in returning to dust, that that dust will then nourish something else. And it's kind of like, well, we often view the the ending dust as being the very end. And yet maybe it's the beginning. Maybe like today, Ash Wednesday, it's the ashes of last Palm Sunday's crosses that it'd be easy to kind of say, well, that's the end of it. And yet it marks the start of this new journey towards Lent. You know, it's the start of something else. And maybe our lives... We brought we we view them too narrowly. We kind of just view it from the start to the end, rather than seeing what what it what it nourishes beyond it, and kind of what it's fed off before. I don't I don't know if that sounds too hippy dippy or whatever, but it was it's really really powerful hearing Chris Patton talk about it and where he saw himself and his lifespan in the natural world. It's quite incredible. It is incredible. It almost yeah. I don't know. Not that it's perhaps a conversation for another day, but it kind of gets you thinking about how our life perhaps continues on into whatever goes next as it were but it's just it's a really different there's something in there isn't there the way mm. he speaks about that yeah yeah wow and i think wow. um, it will probably change the way that i um i, I uh, celebrate my own birthday on sunday i'll blow the candles out and we'll all have a moment staring at the kind of charred wicks of those candles and reflect on our own mortality i mean what better way to say happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> something for everyone I love you <laughs> make a wish daddy no we're gonna look at the ashes look at them I'm gonna mark your forehead <laughs> can I have some cake no <laughs> no
Thanks for listening today. Remember, you can get in touch with the podcast through jim at ballonbaptist.co.uk and feel free to share this episode with someone you think it'd connect with. Maybe even pop it a big old five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. During the week, we're also two of the pastors of Ballon Baptist Church and you can find out more about the church community on our YouTube channel or through Instagram at Ballon Baptist. See you next time.